Broadcasting from Hollywood, it's the official On Air with Brandon J podcast. Here we go. Go. Hi guys, I'm Brandon. Welcome to On Air with Brandon Jam, joined by a special guest. She's the CEO and co-founder of an amazing organization in Cantu in child abuse and neglect, Miss Lori Poland. Lori, how are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking your time to do this interview. This is something that I have been looking forward to interviewing you. And we just kind of put two and two together. Mr. Terry Harvey put it together. So thank you, Terry. Lori, it's great to have you on the show. And I think I would like to start off by hearing your compelling story. Like, sure. how did you generate such a passion and an enthusiasm <laughs> to help children around the world? Yeah, for sure. So for me, um, it really started. Um, I, I'm sure I was born with like this crazy empath heart because um, I don't think you just pick those up along the way. But um, at the age of three, I was a little girl playing in my front yard. We lived in a really modest little community and a, a stranger drove up in his orange Datsun and the passenger door was open. He asked if I liked candy and like any sugar loving three-year-old, I said, yes. And we quickly negotiated and we, and I got in the car and then he took me up um, about 20 miles west of Denver to an old abandoned outhouse toilet, like a latrine. And after he was done doing what sex offenders and pedophiles do to children, um, he put me in the bottom of that outhouse toilet. I was dropped 15 feet below ground um, and then just left for dead. And four days without food and water and clothes and somebody to hug me and tell me I was okay. Um, four days later, bird watchers happened to be using the bathroom and they heard a cry and they looked around and looked around and eventually they looked down and they said, what are you doing here? And I told them that I lived there. And for me, that's like this power of just kids really see their environments as their normal environment. Like that's, that was my new normal. And so um, I was obviously, it took a little while to get me out because the hole to get in was too small for like a normal adult. Um, and I was reunited with my family. I was able to identify my abductor. He spent six years in prison and um, at around eight, I have my first journal entry that I wanted to do something big with my life. It just felt like you can't go through something like that and, and, you know, go into finance, which I did do. I, <laughs> I tried that on for a while. I was great at it, but that empathic heart and that, you know, bigger purpose drew me back into wanting to change the way the world supported and loved on our children and our wounded adults. If we can do that, then we can really, ultimately end the cycle. And uh, so that's what I'm doing every day, all day. That's how I jam. That is amazing. And, you know, by hearing you tell our audience this story, I mean, it, it's so 
profound to see the trauma yeah. that you endured and that you were able to survive it. And by these bird watchers, because I truly believe that God placed these bird watchers yeah. in your path. Yeah. It's amazing that how you survived this, this traumatic experience and how you've been able to use this to better aid and assist and help others is amazing. And it truly, it, it makes a strong statement about your character, about the integrity of who you are as a person. So I commend you. I, I you know, it's, it's one of those things when you hear a story like this, how do you respond? Because it's such a horrific experience but the way you 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 shared with such grace it it states a lot about your character and this leads me into you know a question that i have for you yeah after this this individual this kidnapper did these things to you and placed you in this toilet was there a thought in your mind like how am i going to survive this like what was going through your head I'm sure a bunch of things were racing through your head at the time, but I think you, I think anybody that goes through a traumatic experience must go into like a survival mode per se. So like, yeah. what was that thought in, in your mind at that time? Sure. So, you know, I, I think um, what's really interesting, both a blessing and a curse, right? And I've talked to so many survivors over thousands and thousands over my career and a lot of survivors don't remember their abuse. And for me, I was not even 36 months old when I got kidnapped. And so I was at the stage of my life where I was like literally learning how to go to the bathroom and learning. Wow. I, I didn't even know my ABCs yet. Like I wasn't even there yet. I didn't, I probably didn't even know how to count to 30. I mean, like I was still learning to talk and I was just, truly a baby. I was, I had just turned three years old less than a month before that. So my memory of the, of all of the things that took place were, are, are mostly subconscious. I have a few photographic memories and like moments that I can picture. One was being in the car with my abductor. Uh, my head was on the ground. Like the top part of my body was on the bot on the ground. And my, the bottom portion of me was on the seat. Another memory I had was being in the toilet when I had to go to the bathroom and I was afraid that my mom was going to be upset with me because I wet my pants because I had just wow. like, I mean, I was getting like M&Ms or whatever you, I mean, when you give a little bit, when they go to the bathroom, you celebrate and you're like, here's an M&M, you know? And I didn't want to let her down. I didn't want to like, you know, do go against everything I just learned and I just conquered learning. I mean, so this is a time in your life when you're learning some of those key developmental things, safety, security, letters, alphabet, speech, walking, running, jumping, right. standing on one leg, like all of those things happen between the age of 24 months and 42 months. Those are like the developmental milestones that kids engage and, and your security and safety is primal. And so for me to not have those things. And fortunately my brain, I don't have conscious memory. I, I unfortunately have nightmares and sleepwalk and sleep talk and all of that subconscious stuff all of the time, as well as just like major att like attachment stuff, you know, the fear of being 
rejected and abandoned and alone and, you know, dead, you know, all of those fears are still really real. And I sometimes, I mean, through a lot of work and therapy and support and amazing world, sometimes I've been, um, when I get triggered, I kind of go back into that state of needing nurturing and protection because ultimately that's what I needed at that time. I needed somebody to protect me and keep me safe. And I didn't get that. So. Wow. I mean, it's it's just such a profound story and it's such an amazing testimony Mm -hmm. of, you know, what you've survived, what you've, what you've tackled. And for those out there, you know, parents that are, that are dealing with this and you see this on the missing children's report and and different things I know on patrol live, really, you know, the former live PD, they, they really do a great job of trying to show missing and exploited children to help people find these people. What advice do you give these parents out there? Yeah. I mean, like we've, we've really, um, as a culture begin to embrace the concept that sex trafficking is a real deal. It's a real issue and it happens to so many children globally and that we've got to protect and prevent this kind of thing from happening. Um, Child abuse and neglect doesn't just happen from strangers. Like my experience is more of a rare experience and it is a common one. The majority of abusers are people that one knows and trusts. And, and, and so for me with parents, it's encouraging and helping them that whether it's your child or another child, be the light that a a child needs, like be the light for them. And I can honestly tell every parent in the whole world ever that existed that I know that it's not easy and you're going to screw up. (laughs) I screw up and I'm a great mom. I'm a proud mom. I love my children. I attend to them. I take care of them. And I screw up a lot. And for me, it's, I just encourage adults, whether you're a parent or not, if you're around a child and you make an error, the minute you recognize that you've made that error, just own it, write it, own it and do something different. I think it's Lori, I could not agree with you more. I think it's even tougher in today's day and age, 2022 in being a parent, because there are so many things that are fighting against what you're trying to instill into your child. The schools are, are trying to push a certain agenda, politics, the media. So, you know, how do you overcome all of this and explain to your child, like, okay, this is what you should be doing. I'm your parent because I think it's a factor of trust. Am I, am I correct on that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have, I have a child who is also a survivor. Um, she was um, abused by a family member and on one instance and um, it changed her and, and it has been hard for her and the family system really ever since. And she has had a lot of fear of like, you know, uh, is this going to keep happening? Am I safe? Right. Who's going to protect me? And on and on. And, and I've said to her, you know, I cannot protect you from the greater world. But what I can tell you is that no matter what you go through, I'm going to have your back. 
and I'm going to be here and I'm probably going to get some of it wrong. My response, my protection, the way I do it, it might be wrong. And we're going to learn together. Every single thing you go through, I'm going to have you. And she's witnessed how my own family have not had me, how they've become angry at me and want me to stop talking. And they don't like that I advocate for ending child abuse. They think that I've, you know, um, re- that I've changed my story or any, I mean, and I've been telling the same story since I was 15. <laughs> it's this only story I know, you know, and, um, and, and she gets worried. Like, are you going to stop? Are you going to treat me the way that Papa and grandma have treated you? And I'm like, no way, man, I've learned on what not to do. And I, and I, through my work and through my um, need and drive to do right, I am, have committed to her I'm only interested in doing right by the world. And if I ever wrong you, I'm going to, I'm going to apologize and write it. And I I mean, it kind of goes back to the, what advice would you give parents? It's the same thing I would tell my children. And it's such a big world. I mean, you know, Brandon, like you're out there, you have hundreds of thousands of followers and you have no control over whether or not these people say what they say or love what you say or go against, you know, like. You can't control it. All you can do is the best that you can. And that's it, right? I mean, all you can do, Lori, is try to convey the best message possible. And some are not going to agree. I mean, I've gotten hate on tweet, on Twitter. You know, Twitter is really, really notorious for people voicing their opinion when a lot of people don't have anything better else to do but troll the internet. And something I want to ask you. Yeah. Do you feel that some of your family and I, and I know this is personal and, and you don't have to okay. answer this if you don't want to, but yeah. do you feel some of them are in fear of you releasing information because it it's, it's personal insecurities that they're dealing with and that's why they do not want to highlight this uh, in the media, in a book, yeah. whatever it might be? Right, right. You know, I think that Um, A lot of people, not just my family, but a lot of people cope with and deal with their pain in uh, more of an older, um, I don't don't know how to say it, but like a more of like a traditional, um, maybe, maybe like a past generation style. Um, And there are still people in my age group that practice this too. So I don't know if I said that politically correct or even accurate, but I'm having a tough time finding the words for it. But what I'm trying to say is that there is this, there is a a community, a large community who's like, that's none of my business. I'm going to just do, I'm going to stay out of that. Forget about it. That's that stays behind closed doors. This is our family's private stuff. And I get that. I I really do. And, And that's, a lot of what my parents' pain has been. And, and I knew that when I decided to open EndCan and I decided to kind of step forward into the light and be an advocate for changing and ending child abuse and neglect and the way that we view it and support it, I knew that it would cause harm to my family, that they would not like it. And, and I still did it. And gosh, I mean, the, the guilt that I carry for that is, is a heavy, it's a heavy load. And 
I'm also helping hundreds of thousands of people. And I know that. And so I don't practice that way. I don't think that us keeping all of our dark secrets in and in hiding is helpful. I think that's what perpetrators count on. That's what abusers rely right. on. And I'm not interested in that. So the more we talk about it, the more our kids are empowered to say, hey, you can't hurt me like that. Or I'm going to get, I'm going to tell, you know, and you can threaten to kill me. You can threaten to unfriend me or whatever, but I'm going to tell on you. And well, they- I think that, I, I think that, you know, you, you just said something key right here. You said, you know, you're, you're helping hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Yes. We may offend people. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when you have a certain purpose and yeah. a mission, you can't worry about offending your neighbor. You got to do what, because at the end of the day, the, the majority rules concept applies. And, you know, I, I'm getting passionate just talking to you yeah. about this <laughs> well, because I understand, I, I understand where you're coming from. You know, you can't you. please everybody. Right. And to be politically correct all of the time, it's very difficult to do. So uh, you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. what you've been able to do is because, you know, had your family members and you always have to say, well, put yourself in my shoes. Had your family members gone through the same traumatic, horrific experiences that you went through, they would be treating you a different way. Right. Right. Yeah. Because only the ones that go through it can truly relate to it based on experience and it's with anything. And this leads me into my next question. I know that you are releasing a book. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Just four weeks ago. What, Mm -hmm. what can we expect if, if those out there have not read this, this book by you, Lori Poland, what can we expect it to read? What kind of message are you desiring to convey? (laughs) Yeah. So I, you know, I was so scared to write this, Brandon, it was a hard three years. I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to write my book in six months. I set a deadline. I had a, a literary agent, I had a publisher, like the whole gamut. I was, it was going to be out and on the shelves. And I started and I crumbled. And then I had to like get back up and sweep it all together and rebuild and go back out. And then I'd crumble some more. And, and then, you know, as I did that, I did uh, interviews like on Dr. Oz and the Today Show and and uh, Lifetime Movie Channel. And and then my family reached out and they said, you know, you, you've changed the story and you're sensationalizing it. And I'm like, what? Am I a liar? And so then I had to like go and really dig and research. And thankfully, with my kidnapping, that part of my story there is like written proof. Thankfully, there's medical records and police records and, you know, 911 operators and first responders and detectives and lawyers and doctors. All of these people, thankfully, are around that I got to interview and talk and read and learn and inform. A lot of survivors don't have that, most in fact. So I was so blessed to have be able to like put the put the real information minus my own emotive response in my book. And then um, the other part of my book is like my tender heart and my whole focus with writing it is to show people that you can be strong and you can be badass and you can be a CEO and you can change the world 
and you can be a mom and you can cry and you can be vulnerable and you can be raw and you can feel insecure because all of those things are who I am. And, and, and so I, when I published Brandon, I can't even tell you, I got a tattoo, like, and I'm a non-tattooer, but this tattoo. Oh yeah, you're about this life. You're not playing around. No, no, I'm not. And this tattoo means may the flowers remind you why the rain was necessary. And I was so freaking proud of my book and I still am. And yep, there's been you know, about five or six haters, maybe more. I haven't heard from them and I don't need to. Um, but there have been thousands of lovers and I'm proud of it. I'm so proud that I put my heart out there and in the book, you'll, you'll get hope. You'll get happy. You'll, it will elicit different emotions, but it will inspire you to want to do more. And that is what my hope was. That was my plan. So, Laura, you've inspired me just by speaking <laughs> with you here on this interview. And you know what the unique thing is about this book? Yeah, you're going to have haters, right? If, you, if you're hating, you're doing something right. But check this it's out. <laughs> All you need is one person's life to be changed because yeah. of the book and mission accomplished. Mission, yeah, mission that you, accomplished. That you're changing thousands of lives is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I think that this, this, uh, this problem, I guess that would be the best way to say this yeah. about abuse and neglect. It's not just here in the United States of America, oh, no. but it's worldwide. It's a global epidemic per se. Yeah. And what would you say to those in neighboring countries that are dealing with this? How, how, how would you advise them would be the best way to cope and to help those that are in need? You know, I would say this. I would say that I have seen a lot of dark. I've heard a lot of bad. I have worked with parents. I've worked with survivors. I've worked with offenders. I've worked with abusers. I've worked with killers. I've, I have talked to and, and cried with and sat with the raw and sat with the beauty and sat with pain. And what I know is that hurt people hurt others. And what would happen as a world? If love healed love and we just started being more loving and compassionate for one another, like imagine if we just flipped the coin, right? Because no human wants to be rejected and abandoned. Every human's innate need is to matter. That's it. End of story. I've never met a human that that's not the very first thing they need starting at six weeks. And if we can just instill that and provide that for one another, we can genuinely change the world. And if we look at some of these harm causers, like the Hitlers and the Stalins, and I'm not going to bring in more recent people, but a lot of our mass murderers, if we looked at those people and we looked at their histories, we would know that their number one experience was rejection and abuse. And if we, instead of questioning them or shaming them or making it worse, showed them love and compassion and healing and hope and support and all of the things that every child needs, imagine what a difference and an impact we would have. Like 
Imagine. Absolutely. I, you know what, this has been an amazing conversation. I don't, I don't even want to call it an interview, right? It's it's a conversation (laughs) we're having about purpose, about helping others. If someone wants to connect with you, Lori, and contribute to NCAN and be a part of this movement you've created, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so our website is www.endcan for child abuse and neglect, can.org. So that's www.endcan.org. And we're the National Foundation and Child Abuse and Neglect. And really, what we're in, in the throes of is building community. And we just want people to come out and be a part, be a part of all hope and possibility, because that's what it is. That's what we're doing. Lori Poland, I appreciate you so much. It's great to connect with you. I'm sure we're going to be doing some amazing things on it with Brandon J with NCAN because I really believe in the cause and, you know, being a parent and and seeing how difficult it is for children to just comprehend these things. Right. And for someone like you that's been through all of this and you've taken what was done to you and you've turned it around and you're, you're, you desire to help others. I just thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's the power of influence, right? And if we Absolutely. have it, let's use it for good. There it is. Miss Lori Poland, the CEO and co-founder of NCAN. I'm Brandon J. We'll see you next time here on the Brandon J show. Goodbye for now. I am Adele. I love playing live. I love the rush. I like feeling at home. I feel really at home on stage. I like people leaving my gig being really pleased. Hey, y'all, it's Chloe. Hi, this is Chris from Coldplay. It's Doja Cat. Hey, what's up? This is Dave from Glass Animals. Hey, what's up? It's J Balbin. Hey, it's Billie Eilish. What's good? It's Lady Gaga. Hi, it's BTS. What's good, everybody? It's Bozzy. Hi, this is Brandon, and you are tuning in to On Air with Brandon J right here on iHeartRadio. Yours. We can buy out the store Put the worries on hold We can leave them in the place Close to what their mistakes does We can leave alone in the base I'm days in amazement Tasting your fragrance The autumn Mars obsolete Don't wanna think about where the days went Each time Now that people streaming won't be long until I'm singing to my fans in the front row All it took was a chance, taking destiny to dance The rest of it wasn't planned, now we laying in the sand Yeah, now we laying in the sand Yeah
If you have not followed me on social media, make sure you follow me on all social media at I am Brandon J. And if we are not connected on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Brandon J. Each episode, we're going to feature brand new content with purpose behind it. News from Hollywood execs, artists, talent, entertainment news you name it all things hollywood right here on on air with brandon J. thank you for tuning in to on air with brandon J. Hey. Oh, yeah. follow on instagram at i am brandon J.